energy. We walked around for 35 minutes just in the parking lot looking for this car. The passion. UVM schedules the way they do to get as high a seed as possible in the NCAA tournament and to get as much tournament prep as they can because they're not going to get it from their league. The opinions on all your favorite teams. The organization should be taking care of Matt rather than Matt taking care of the organization. This is the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. What's up, everybody? Football Talk Friday right here. Week one upon us on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, WDEVradio.com. We got to go fast and furious today. I ran a promo that said we were on till 610. That was wrong. It's only 6 o'clock. Red Sox coverage begins at 605 against the Orioles. So we're running commercial free until 6 o'clock. And then we're out of here. We're going to get you ready in the best way we can for Pats and Dolphins in week one. Phil Perry, Patriots insider of NBC Sports Boston. He was with us every Friday last year. He's going to be with us every Friday this year. Phil joins us in about 15 minutes. You can get in on the Napa Morrisville, Napa Waterbury text line, 802-585-3026. at your locally owned Napa stores in Waterbury and Morrisville. Check us out, Facebook Live, YouTube Live, and my Twitter account as well. Five, four, three, two, one. And here we go. The opening thoughts on the Brady Farkas Show were brought to you by Sticks and Stuff and by Swanton Lumber. They are Vermont's most complete locally owned home center with locations in Enosburg, Derby, Middlesex, St. Albans, and at Swanton Lumber. They're online at sticksandstuff.com. How fitting is this that on the day we should be talking solely about Patriots football, We've actually got huge baseball news to get to. So here's what here's what we're going to do today. 30-minute show, commercial-free. I'm going to tell you about baseball to start. Phil and I are going to talk Patriots for the back half of the show, and then that's it. Monday, we've got a full show. We'll be able to give more time to everything. But today, Phil and I will talk about football on our Football Talk Friday. We have to address, at least basically here, the changes that are coming to Major League Baseball in 2023. These have been voted on. These are being ratified. These changes are happening for next year. Number one, there is going to be a pitch clock. 20 seconds with a guy on base, 15 seconds with a guy with nobody on. So there's going to be a pitch clock. The shift is being drastically altered. That's number two. And number three, we're getting bigger bases. Those are no longer talking points. Those are no longer debates. Those are just happening. Let me address a couple. Let me address them right now. Again, at least basically right now, we'll do more of it on Monday. I'll start with the shift. This one is, um, I think, probably the most universally disliked at least by analysts and insiders that I have seen. Traditionalists hate the pitch clock, but analysts and insiders seem to not like the idea of the shift being changed. So here's the rule. At the time of the pitch next year, you will need all four infielders actually in the infield, in the infield dirt, and two players need to be on each side of second base. So, 
gone are the days. Like, there are particulars here, okay? Some of you were wondering about, by the way. Some of you were being smart, Alecky, are asking good questions. Well, look, once the pitch is thrown, can the guy, can the second baseman run into short right field and play there? I don't know. I, I will ask Tom, Karen, and Buster when we talk next week. Those things I haven't heard yet. But all in all, I love this move. I love the shift being altered. Baseball, this is undeniable. Baseball needs more action. Baseball needs to be more about players playing baseball and less about computers dictating what's going to happen. I am tired of seeing players do everything right and not be rewarded. Okay, Guy hits a frozen rope to right field and it's caught by a second baseman playing 40 feet under the outfield grass. I don't want to see that. Okay? People are tired of everything being a homer, everything being a walk, or everything being a strikeout, right? People are tired of that. I'm tired of it, and so are you. So a guy comes to the plate, hits a missile into short right field, and doesn't get rewarded for it. That's what's happening now. I want to be done with that, and that is what this will allow. Guys who hit the ball hard, who don't just try to swing for the fences, can now finally get rewarded. I am I am thrilled to death with that. Balls that were hits for 100 years, I want to see be hits. I want to see you be rewarded for something other than a homer, and I want to see you try to do something other than hit a home run. So I'm in favor of this move. Balls that have been hits for 100 years, I want to be hits again. Two, the shift is not being banned. Let's let's understand something here. People are saying the shift is banned. The shift is not banned. The shift is altered. You can still shift if you want. If you want to play your shortstop right next to second base, you can, right? If you want to slide your shortstop all the way next to second base, you can do that. And then if you want to put your third baseman at shortstop, you can do that too. You just have to have two players on each side of the bag. If you want to put your first baseman right on the line and you want to put your second baseman in the hole, you can do that too. So the shift can still happen. Guys are free to play where they want on their side of the field. They just have to be in the infield and they can't cross over to the other side of the field. I'm fine with that too. Okay, The shift is not... You can still use analytics. You can still play to the side of the field that a guy hits the ball to more regularly. You can still shift within your side of the field. You will see teams figure out ways to still shift. But balls that should be hits now have a greater possibility of being hits. I am for that. Okay, This will not solve everything, but I am, I am for anything that helps get the ball in play more. I am for anything that gets the ball in play more. The problem to me has always been the ball is not in play enough. This will at least help. It will give you a chance to hit a ball hard and be rewarded for it. There will be some unintended consequences that aren't particularly good. We'll address those on Monday. But by and large, I like this. Okay, The NFL, the NBA, the NHL, they all restrict where defenders can be. Baseball's finally doing the same thing. 
I'm a, I, I've long thought myself to be a purist. I've long thought myself to be a traditionalist. I was not for the shift being changed five years ago. I am now. I've seen too many one nothing games, too many 3-2 games, too many three-hour and 25-minute games with 17 strikeouts aside. I've seen too much. I now just want the ball put in play more. 802-585-3026. Peter says, agree, 1,000%. Happy to see the shift dramatically reduced. Okay, the pitch clock. 15 seconds, no one on base. 20 seconds with someone on. If the pitcher takes too long, automatic ball. If the hitter takes too long, automatic strike. I don't love this. Okay? I do not love this. But I think this is something that we as fans will all end up not caring about by, by midseason next year. Okay, I, I think this will be something we don't even notice that much. I went to a minor league game this year, a triple-A game where the pitch clock was in effect. I didn't even know they were using it until the seventh inning. And the game only took two and a half hours. I didn't even know the pitch clock was in effect until the seventh inning. You are not going to notice it much. So if you're looking for games to be shorter, you're going to be happy with this. I don't love this from a player's perspective. As a pitcher, I had a pre-pitch routine that I wanted to follow. If I had thrown four straight balls, I wanted to step off the mound and clear my thoughts. You can't do that anymore. I don't love this from a player's perspective. I enjoyed the ability to reset. Holding runners is now tougher. So I, as a player, not a fan. I can see why pitchers can't stand this, and I can see why hitters don't want to feel like they're getting rushed. So I, I am not really for this, but as a pure fan, I think all of us are going to end up being okay with this. The issue remains the issue for me, though. Lack of action. Because... If we get to the point where this goes two hours and 30 minutes, but nobody can hit still, what do we have? We have soccer, and I don't want that. A two-hour and 30-minute game to me where every game is one nothing is still not a good product. I don't need a quicker game necessarily. I need a fun game. So if the game goes two hours and 48 minutes and it's five to four with intensity, then that will be the perfect combination. But still, for me, the biggest problem is lack of action. And action needs to be addressed. The shift helps that. The bases might help that. Style of play will help that. To me, it was never about pace of play. Everybody made it about pace of play, but it was never about pace of play for me. So pace of play will get better. The games will be quicker. A lot of you will be happy about that. But I still need more action. Hopefully the shift is a way to do just that. Again, I say I don't love pitch clock idea. It goes counter to everything I ever did in baseball. But I acknowledge there's a play clock in football. There's a shot clock in basketball. Okay, there's a shot clock in lacrosse. We will all get used to this as fans. At the end of the day, more baseball, less standing around. That is great for the fan experience. That is great for the fan product. I just don't think it's great for the players. Okay, I don't want one nothing games just because they take two hours and 30 minutes. Um, Tech says, thank goodness baseball is finally tweaking the rules for the betterment of their game like other sports have done. The third rule is bigger bases, and 
we as fans are not going to notice the difference on this either. The bases are going to be negligibly bigger, okay? They're barely going to be bigger. But I'm for this too. A couple of reasons. One, even a couple of inches or a couple of centimeters creates more bang-bang plays, right? That bang-bang plays are exciting. More close plays at first, more close plays at second, more close places at third. If you don't have to run 90 feet, if you have to run 89.6 feet, okay, quicker plays, but more, you know, more bang-bang plays. That's good. Bigger bases means there's better at coverage there. The first baseman has slightly more place to step on. The runner has slightly more place to run to. Less Runners stepping on the back of first baseman or pitchers at first base's feet. And, you know, Tim Hudson tore his Achilles a bunch of years ago, right? Got it stepped on because he was covering first base. Slightly bigger bases, more room for both the runner and the the guy on the back. That's good. And if the, the distance between bases is ever so slightly shorter, more stolen bases are possible, right? We think of centimeters and inches as not that big a deal. Inches are a huge deal to professional athletes. So if a guy is now more willing to steal second, we're getting more variety in baseball. I'm for the stolen base being back. I like homers, but I want doubles, and I want singles, and I want athleticism, and I want teams that can score four runs in an inning without hitting a home run, and I want guys that can run. All of this seems to create that. Just give me more variety. It's the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. Uh, Steve says, how much bigger are the bases? They're, they're really not that much bigger. Like, you you are not going to notice it as a fan. I don't have the dimension right in front of me, but, I mean, you are not going to notice it. All the insiders have said you're not going to notice it. The players barely notice it. I mean, we're talking about taking a 90-foot base path down to, you know, 89 and change like it's not that big of a difference but if it adds even just a little bit of an easier time to steal a bag i'm down with it patriots dolphins sunday at one we are your home for patriots football we will not have this week's game because of the red sox we won't have the first couple because of the red sox but we'll have you know 75 percent of the patriots schedule phil perry pat's insider nbc sports boston is going to be with us every friday at this time. It's another football Friday and another look at your New England Patriots. And I will put it at the feet of Mac Jones. I mean, you get you get the credit when everything's going well. First third down of the game, first drive of the game, you throw it right to the other team. Seven points going the other way. With all the info from Patriots Place, it's Pat's insider, Phil Perry. No, it's not that I think less of him. I think the fact that I am high on him leads to the honest criticism of him. I know he's better than the way he's played on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM, FM, and WDEVradio.com. That's right. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston Patriots insider with us every single Friday throughout the rest of the NFL season. Phil, thank you for being with us. Excited to welcome you back again in 2022. How was your offseason? Brady, happy to be back. The offseason was great. Really was able to unplug and relax and then started covering this Patriots team and their offense. And I think things got a little, not necessarily for me, I think things have gotten a little more stressful for Patriots fans, though, based on uh, what some of the reporting has been, mine and others, and uh, people's reactions to that. I just am sensing stress. I'm I'm, I'm sensing a little bit of nervous energy in New England right now. 
we will talk about the offense. We will talk about the game against the Dolphins here in a second. But the Pats are being kind of universally mocked for this decision to go down to Miami on Tuesday. Like I saw Christian Fourier ripped them. I saw multiple other you know former players ripped them. I got to be honest. I don't get the criticism. Like, this feels like an opportunity that more teams would take. You can only really take it in week one. I feel like more teams would take it if they had the uh, option available to them. Am, am I just stupid? I don't, I don't get the criticism of this one. No, I don't, think you're, I don't think you're stupid. And I don't think this is going to end up, you know, really making or breaking them. I, I get the trying to get acclimated to the weather part of it because it is different. I know people say, oh, it's 95 degrees up here in Boston. It's like, if you've ever been in Miami when it's 95 degrees and you're in the one o'clock in the afternoon sun, it's a little different from 95 even in Boston. It's just a different kind of humidity this time of year. And so I get that, trying to get accustomed to that. I also have spoken to people that know this Patriots organization and how it operates really, really well. And basically when they heard this was happening, they said, well, this is just Bill pulling every lever he can to try to get his team to play at all differently than they normally do down there. They just have such a hard time. The one thing I would say, Brady, and I think this is probably part of the reason why players look at this and they say, it's a little bit of a weird decision. You are removing them from home. Yeah. They're human beings. You're removing them from their comfort zone. You're putting them in a situation where you might say, well, now they're going to, you know, they're going to be galvanized. They're going to spend some time together. They're going to be able to bond. You know, what's the harm in that? You're right. I would also say they've been doing a lot of that already. <laughs> they had camp. Camp is, you're at the hotel, you know, you're, you're with each other all the time. You're away from your families for a lot of the time. You're getting sick of each other probably to a degree. Then as soon as camp ended, they went out to Vegas and they spent a week together out in Vegas. And so now they're spending another week together on the road in different and based on what we're seeing from the facilities down there, the practice facility sort of Spartan conditions yeah and so i think if you're a player you might just look at this if it doesn't go well right if it doesn't work out doesn't help you win this game on sunday if you're a player and you're saying boy bill has made some some interesting decisions here over the course of the last six months or so we don't really have an offensive coordinator with any offensive you know noteworthy offensive experience uh we're we're on the road all the time it seems like uh we're trying to figure out a new offense with a new language when last year we were a top 10 scoring team and none of it seems to be going real well. You know, it, I wonder if that impacts in any way, shape or form some type of buy-in. You know, there seems to be conflicting thoughts on what we should be expecting from this Patriots team this year. Your colleague, Tom Curran, called it a bridge year. Robert Kraft, back at the owners meeting, said basically win a playoff game or else – Maybe it's in the middle of those two, but where exactly should we as fans be looking out of this year? To me, it can't be a bridge year. I agree. You had your bridge year. Yeah. <laughs> you had your you had your nadir year in 2020. And if you wanted to call last year a bridge year, even after spending money, but you spent money, a lot of those guys are on, you know, they're all on multi-year contracts, so they're all going to be here for this year. You had a rookie quarterback. Last year, you could have called a bridge year. Not this year. <laughs> you only get the good quarterback on a rookie salary thing every once in a while if you're lucky and so they have that now and you're not in position to be wasting these years then you have what Robert Kraft said on top of that and you have Bill Belichick who's you know again at a certain point in his career where he's chasing down a certain 
finish to his career probably to add to his legacy. Uh, he's chasing a record, maybe. I, I mean, who knows? I don't think he's he's told many people just what he thinks about that Don Shula record and the all-time wins thing, but I, I would imagine it matters in some way to him. So there are a variety of reasons for which this cannot be a bridge year, in my opinion. And I know it might take the, the offensive coaching staff a while to get accustomed to coaching offense. It might take the players a while to get accustomed to this new offense. And I think it will mean a slow start to this season. I think Bill Belichick's trying to set us up for that. Could be like last year where you start one and three. But I think even if that's the case, they should still eventually end up in the playoff hunt here. I did my full 17 game schedule prediction a couple weeks ago for our website, NBCSportsBoston.com. The middle of their schedule is juicy in terms of there are a lot of wins that should be wins right there on the schedule for them. You got the Lions and the Bears and the Browns led by Jacoby Brissett. It's it's soft. It gets harder again at the end. But they should be in the mix for the postseason again this year. Even if they start slow, which I think they think they're going to, this should still be a winning season. I don't think they're going to make the postseason, but that should be their goal. They shouldn't set out on this year saying, now ah, we're playing for 2023. That would be that would be uh, a bridge too far, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston Patriots insider with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV. The one thing... I take umbrage with, with what you said the other day was you said that you thought Devontae Parker would be a pleasant surprise. Yes. When I hear pleasant surprise, I think of somebody who had no expectations. Based on what the Patriots did or didn't do, I now have expectations for Devontae Parker. He is now someone that I am now counting on. So, therefore, to me, that takes him out of the pleasant surprise category. Why do you phrase it that way? I only phrase it that way based on his his recent history, right? So he's been in and out of the lineup down in Miami. He has fallen so far out of favor there that they're willing to trade him in the division for very little. You know, this guy is an afterthought. Uh, you know, he sh- or that's at least how his career has gone over the last couple of seasons. You go back to 2019, he's one of the best deep receivers in football. When you're talking about passes thrown 20 yards or more down the field, Top five in terms of yards, top five in terms of quarterback rating produced. Guy was a stud down the field. It's exactly what the Patriots needed. I think it's part of the reason they ended up trading for him. But they still didn't trade much for him. He, he was he was available, and he was available within the division. So that, to me, probably is why I felt as though his expectations were tempered. Hmm. But I think there are a lot of people like you, Brady, who look at this and say, well, this guy's got to be our number one receiver now. He's, he's yeah. really the only boundary receiver they have. They drafted a guy in the second round in Tyquan Thornton who should be a down-the-field threat for them, help stretch defenses, soften defenses deep down the field, but he's not available. So I think he's a he's a hugely important piece to this offense already. I think you're right to um, have some expectations for him based on the camp he had his last couple seasons in Miami aside. And I think I wrote about this for our website today. I think the matchup between Devontae Parker – and Xavier Howard is the matchup that wins or loses or just decides the outcome of this game. If Devontae Parker can beat Xavier Howard on a couple of 50-50 balls deep down the field, and that thereby softens the Dolphins' defense, maybe it encourages them to blitz less than I think they would like to this week, then I think the Patriots have a real chance. If he can't win those matchups, and I my understanding is down in Miami, when those guys used to go one-on-one, Howard used to dominate those matchups. So if that happens, to me, the Patriots can't win this game. Which newcomer, aside from Parker, newcomer or rookie, are you most excited to watch on Sunday? Boy, 
I think the one, aside from Parker, again, I, I just think that matchup is so huge. I think that's going to be the matchup that we see, and I think it'll determine a lot. The most impactful rookie has to be Cole Strange. Yeah. And we have to. Brady, it's, it's not going to be an exciting guy to watch, so I'm not sure I'm really answering your question because he's a guard. But if you're a Patriots fan, you're really hoping you don't hear his name all that often on mm-hmm. Sunday. The issue is the Dolphins love to blitz. And the issue is Josh Boyer understands, I think, that if he attacks the left side of that Patriots line, his rushers are going to be able to find some success. Now, you might say, well, they got Trent Brown on the left side. What, what do you mean? He might be their most talented and best offensive lineman. Josh Boyer was here in 2018 when Trent Brown had a great year at left tackle. Josh Boyer saw how important Joe Tooney was to Trent Brown's success that year in terms of making sure information got out to the edge on that side of the line, on the left side, helping Trent Brown understand what his responsibilities were. Tooney was massive when it came to Brown's success that season. Now he doesn't have a Joe Tooney. He doesn't have a Ted Karras type. He doesn't have a Shaq Mason type next to him to be able to make sure that that transfer of information from David Andrews out gets out there. It's Cole Strange. And I think between the two of them, there's going to be a lot on their plates to be able to protect Mac Jones. I think Boyer is going to test them early and often. He's going to send the house at them. He's going to overload that side, I think, at times. And so Cole Strange, to me... It's almost asking too much, Brady. I'm not sure he's he's ready for that kind of responsibility, but he has to be because he's their starting left guard. So he's he's the newcomer, aside from Parker, that I think matters most in this game. Phil, I'll get you out of here on three. They don't have to be one-word answer questions, but three quick hitters. Yeah. Which, That's my strong suit, Brady. Quick, 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 <laughs> quick, quick, quick. Which second-year player makes a bigger impact this season, Nelson Aguilar or Jonu Smith? I'm going to say Jonu Smith. I've seen them work Smith in to their offensive attack this summer in a variety of ways. In line, in the slot, in the backfield quite a bit. They're going to figure out a way to get more bang for their buck based on all the bucks that they're giving to Johnny Smith. I'm not sure they're going to be able to manufacture touches for Aguilar in the same way. I asked you the same question a year ago. If 70 plays is the number of plays the Pats run, what's the desired run pass breakdown Ooh, last year i assume i would have answered very heavy in the run 40 runs was your answer last year yeah i think for the patriots to have success on 70 plays based on what we've seen from the run game this year new scheme new language to me they have to put it in mac jones's hands to have success offensively and move the ball so i'm going from 40 all the way down to 25 25 runs and 45 passes, okay? And then lastly, who is this game more important to? I think it's more important to the Patriots. I mean, the Dolphins, they really are. I know they've got a good complement of weapons. I know they just spent a lot of money. But this is a first-year head coach creating a new scheme, a new culture. The program is just being built there. Here in New England, I think based on where you are in terms of your overall trajectory as a franchise, but also where you are with this specific team in need of, I think, seeing some positive results, whether you're, you know, forget the fans who I think would love to see some positive results, but talking about the players and the coaches themselves, 
I think they could use a little positive reinforcement. I think there's a reason why Bill Belichick has been so positive about his team at the microphone. He tries to give them what they need. When they're a great team, he's willing to knock them down a peg or two to keep them humble. When they're not, you see, I think, what you've seen for a large part of this summer. So I think this game means more to the Patriots than it does to the Dolphins. Phil Perry, NBC Sports Boston, Patriots insider, going to be with us every single Friday at this time throughout the rest of the season. And the NBC Sports Boston Patriots pregame show begins noon on Sunday. You're on it, 12 to 1. 12 to 1, it's the best around. I choose that over ESPN, CBS, all of them. So, Phil, we appreciate you. I appreciate you, Brady. We'll talk to you next week, man. Yes, sir. Phil Perry every Friday here at 545 on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV. Uh, I'm with Phil. It's good. I think it's going to be a tight game. I think that the Pats are up against it in this one. I think it's going to be close. I got the Dolphins winning 23 to 20. If you told me the Patriots won, I would not be shocked. But I don't. I, I think they're up against it. Twenty-three twenty is my prediction. Quick uh, answer to Steve's question, by the way. Major League Baseball: the bases are going from fifteen inches square to eighteen inches square. That's going to make the distance between first and second and second and third basically eighty-nine feet eight inches instead of a full ninety feet. That difference maybe leads to more stolen bases. Keeps again runners safe. Maybe a bigger area to slide into, less fingers getting stepped on, guys not able to overslide the base and get re-tagged as much. I I, I think I I could do without the pitch clock, but I am for the the altering of the shift heavily, and I am for, I, I am okay with the bigger bases. Baseball needs more action. Red Sox baseball is coming up next. Five minutes from now, the pregame show starts. So we get you those, uh, we get you the CBS National News Update. We'll talk to you on Monday. Go Sox. Go Pats. This is DEV.